After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Sir. Bryce, the mercenary Castillo. Hello, that's me shooting hellos at you. Hello, 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 hello. And Brian, peacemaker, Rushwood. Not to be confused with the IP, the peacemaker. I meant he's a gentle soul. What, uh, what was the phrase? Uh, kill Castillo? Down with Castillo? Yeah. Oh, yes. Kill Castillo. Castillo. F Castillo <laughs> in, the, in Far Cry. Um. So we were talking a bit about what's going to happen, and we don't know, but it's interesting to think about a lot of media consolidations. Because what's happening right now is you have the some of the different talent unions and writers union stuff strikes are the looming negotiations and stuff because we're entering this new era of streaming and other ways. It's not as straightforward as you make a movie, it goes to the box office, and then the studio rips you off by telling you how much they made it for versus not. Um, or then it was TV and film. These things are getting much more complicated because of streaming, because streaming is a flat fee, which makes it hard. And that was like kind of the cable model, similar to the cable model, and now it's even kind of getting more complex. So there's a lot of negotiations, a lot of conversations about what's going on there. There's obviously the talk of what AI is going to do, but you have these big players now where Apple comes in and says, okay, we're gonna do Apple TV and Apple is spending enormous sounds of money you know amazon apparently spent seven billion dollars last year on content seven billion dollars which still i can't wrap my head around that um and now they're actually trying to do they want more detailed accounting now because they're not happy with the results they got if they've actually been asking the producers to show them like hey can you give us specifically like tell us exactly what you spent your money on because we're not seeing the return we think we should be getting versus apple which you know, Apple's the largest. Apple passed a three trillion three trillion dollar valuation. Three trillion dollar valuation. Their cash on hand is enormous. Their cash on hand is greater than the value of probably every studio put together. And they're getting into this game more and more. And we talked about this before with like the Apple Vision Pro. They see a consumption device on the horizon in AR, VR, spatial computing. And they know that they want to get you to spend money every month, subscription service. They want it, They want you to be one, have a device like this and your iPhone or anything else and be willing to pay them every month for a reoccurring thing because they can only sell you so many devices. So what does it look like to you all? There's a really good article. Uh, I'm, I'm going to post it in the chat here from Wall Street Journal talking about how expensive uh, what we think of as TV's golden era was, you know, and, and everything from, you know, the bear to your Ted Lasso's uh, to your successions and so on. Um, uh, if, if, if you're able to, I don't know if you're able to scroll through it, but only Netflix and Amazon seem to be deeply committed to investing in new properties. Um, the, I, 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 boy, everybody else, like even, uh, whatever the rental fee is for, for the show that I did for National Geographic, uh, Hacking the System, even Disney Plus uh, lost interest in continuing to pay that rental fee to have it on the National Geographic vertical, even though it seemed to have 
performed pretty well uh, and was on the front page of the Nat Geo thing. Uh, basically, I think it boils down to, uh, boy, did did it look like it was just raining all the time two years ago during the pandemic, and boy, is it not doing so now. Like in terms of what? Well, in terms of humans' interest in seeing excellent television and consuming all of it for money. Well, I mean, that's not the people's fault. I th- th- I mean, oh, it's no, just it's, had great viewership. I mean, it's it's on the streamers for n- not being able to make good out of it. Uh, oh, I disagree. Uh, I, I I think the content is quite quite good. That's uh, yes. Uh, I think that people are more interested, however interested they were in Lord of the Rings, they are currently slightly more interested in seeing a sunset. <laughs> They're going outside. And and that is that is not an indictment of the quality of art that everybody's creating. It's not an indictment of the platforms that are making it. It is a reflection of ultimately the people who pay the money to watch the things is that, uh, 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 you know, the idea of going out to a trivia night is more engaging than the idea of uh, seeing more excellent yeah, television. Certainly in a lockdown, you're going to get higher consumption. I don't know, but I'm curious to know, like year over year and whatnot, month after month, like there's a lot more content out there. And, you know, I I have not, last movie I saw, actually I saw a week ago, I went to, because my sister-in-law produced a, a movie, an Indian movie, Satya Prem Kitakata, and went to go see that, right? But... I have not seen Dial Destiny. I have not seen a Marvel movie in a theater. I don't remember the last time I saw a Marvel movie in a theater. Yeah, and I used to pro- go probably every night. pre-pandemic, right? Uh, because I assume you didn't see no, the Eternals. No, saw Black Widow. Saw Black Widow. In a theater? In a theater? Yeah. I didn't know. If, I didn't even know they showed it in that theater. Yeah, they did the duel. They did the oh, duel. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because yep. uh, she had to sue. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was awful. Um, and uh, I have my. Yeah. Anyhow, point of saying is like, yeah, like I don't know. Last time I went to go theater, go see something. I mean, probably we'll go see. Um, Mission Impossible because that team. Last time I went to a theater to see one of their movies, man, did they make me happy? And so I, I'm anxious to give them that support. But I don't, I don't know what the overall numbers. I would say there's a quality like Rings of Power. Adam McBride, the problem with Rings of Power was that people were out, you know, out of their homes. Did you watch Rings of Power? No, because that's uh, 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 number one. It was based on the most tedious and expansive of all of the properties from J.R.R. Tolkien, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and I ain't got time. I ain't gonna spend my pandemic doing homework. What are you crazy? Well, I mean, post came out like pretty much post pandemic. I'm saying like yeah. now, like it's it's you know. I, but have you replaced the, the Rings like, of Power with going outside more? I think is the the question here. Like better question, yeah. That the show, yeah, that show is boring, but we're still, you're still like, I still watch a lot of stuff. If anything, I'm watching less of the streamers and more on YouTube. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. not well, going, you know, I, I think when, when you look at the economics of it, uh, you know, Brian, the article, and I've not read it, but I have certainly skimmed it over your shoulder as you've gone through it. Um, 
Uh, I think I've seen a, a line go down. <laughs> yeah, I think you know it, it, the 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 lesson that Hollywood has learned recently to take the Rings of Power example is that Amazon spent a gigantic amount of money on that. It spent like a ham sandwich on jury duty, which For was freebie. a freebie thing. So that is supporting their ad supported thing. You cannot watch it without ads. Right. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. But you will watch it with ads, and that has been a gigantic hit for them. Like, all the metrics show jury duty being a big thing. So guess what Amazon's going to probably do more of? Do more uh, 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 shot-in-the-dark, quirky, adult, uh, uh, but not crazy adult kind of comedies. So like like R-rated television shows that expand over a certain period of time and uh, 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 you know, juice whatever ad uh, spending is going to happen over there, and maybe less of gigantic prestige dramas like you know Rings of Power or so, Foundation or stuff like that. That that or or even Star Wars. I mean, like like if you look at that era of big IP, we need to get people onto these services to make them care. Uh, the 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 larger lesson might be we, we that might be done. Like like we we might get one or two a year but but i don't think in the in the in the situation that we've been in where it's four star wars shows a year four marvel shows a year uh, uh i i think i think we're, we're we are we are looking at a shifting world there. that that's a fascinating question that i i would not have believed one year ago but but it could it be and i'm just floating this out there and I, I want to hear everybody's ideas on it. Could it be that we're leaving the era of sequels behind because uh, sequels tended to be blue ch chip stocks, right? Where it's like, you're going to spend a lot of money, but you know, they're going to see the next Terminator movie or what have you. Uh, and instead it looks like the better investment would be a highly diversified portfolio of, of scratch off lottery tickets to do a bunch of a bunch of different crazy things and see which ones explode, which one happens to be the next Squid Games or what have you. I I think that's probably the smarter approach, Brian. In that that I don't know that they'll do it though, because that's the, the frustrating thing for me is as a writer watching and people living in LA and watching the studios go and say we're going to do like remember the universal monsters thing right there was yes, the, the monster yeah the dark universe yeah we're going to create a monster verse and then like i read like who they brought into the writers room i'm like this is going nowhere and and because they just don't know like studios just don't know maybe they'll realize they're really bad and i can there are some you know we've heard some ip mentioned that's going through there and i don't want to knock things somebody who may potentially pay me a lot of money one day for the rights to one of my books but I would say I'm really good at predicting when these things are going to go or not go based upon the showrunner. Okay. And I think if anybody actually pays attention to this, yeah. you can too. Real it's quick. It's not a tricky. A, a sidebar that does not involve Andrew Maine at all, but only involves Brian and Justin. Uh, Monster Universe, where it was successful, and they exactly model... <laughs> model and track everything on the Avengers and everybody's snarky and everybody's zinging each other and it's uh, Frankenstein and Dracula and the mummy. <laughs> it, well, I mean, if they would have made those characters the main characters of those movies, uh, uh, that, that would have been the first place to start. Uh, main, uh, uh, you, were, you, were, you were saying. So what I'm saying is like, I, do, I think, Brian, I think your approach is right. I think that when I look at you look at the budget for like rings of power happened because 
Bezos and Amazon wanted Game of Thrones. They wanted, they really, really, really wanted their own Game of Thrones. That was, they went out to do it. And they're like, well, we can get the Lord of the Rings grant. We can get this part of the IT. Meanwhile, the other IT is out there, though. So you're going to have another Lord of the Rings films and all this other thing. And I remember at the time going like, you've got some fantastic fantasy writers living today. You know what made Game of Thrones great? George R. R. Martin was an amazing writer, created this amazing, amazing series of books that people loved. And but Hollywood will sometimes, oh, we bought this buzzy book. Like, yeah, you bought a book, but three years later, were people still talking about it or into it? You know. And so I think that uh, there is so much good literature out there, like amazing. And they, but they, they like, I know they're like, well, we did that with Wheel of Time. Like, yeah, you did Wheel of Time. You threw new money at it, and it looked like it was low budget, nothing. You know, like it was just, you know. And I think that. Uh, with Lord of the Rings, when I looked at like the showrunners working on this, I was like, well, I mean, I'll give this thing a chance, but, to, uh, but as far as tent pulls, go. Sorry, go. Ahead. Well, I, 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 I don't want to go out of order if you want to hold on to it, but before we started this program, you were talking about that you just watched Silo. Um, the uh, Silo was a curious uh, experience for me because you know it's based on the book uh, series Wool, uh, and I was like, man, why do I not remember any of this? And uh, it, it, I actually asked it live on the air, and we had somebody write in saying because very much of Silo was implied as the back history into Wool, and so they had space to expand and tell really interesting stories on there. So I, it, it makes me wonder because wool was not a giant blockbuster of a book. I mean, it was successful. Oh, what it was in the, it was self-published. It was the most successful self-published series. Hugh Howie. It was humongous in the publishing world because of that. Correct. Correct. Because it was, but, 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 it was self-published to get the attention. Yeah. Exactly. Right. As opposed to you know a traditional blue chip, right? And so they had the flexibility to try something really interesting. And meanwhile, you've got uh, let's say the the Fallout series, which I I am told is going to be a TV show or something. Uh, but but uh, the Fallout series of games essentially has a very similar dynamic on there. Uh, I am certain that Silo is going to be better than whatever we're going to see from Fallout. And uh, it's because they had more flexibility to to get creative and wild with it. And, and uh, you know, we're talking about orders of magnitudes of uh, different levels of money between the Fallout franchise and the Wolf franchise. Yeah, I, I looked at, you know, when I see when something's coming out, I'll go look and see who's the showrunner for it or who the showrunner's for it. And that that makes that gives me I will decide if I'm going to be into it or not very quickly because of that. You know, wool, I'm like, uh, when it got you know, picked up to be silo, I'm like, well, let's see. And I'm like, oh, Graham Yost. Well, what has he done? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Band of Brothers, the Pacific, <laughs> Justified. Justified, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, of course. This is this is this guy has made shows that are really good thinking person. And he made these shows. He's very involved in these shows. You know, also like, you know, spat out screenplays for like speed, you know, and so yeah. uh and, and adapted to the times really, really well. And so um I, you know, I think that, you know, a guy like that, like I get excited because I go, oh yeah, these are shows that I really, they weren't trash. You know, they were really good things. And then I see sometimes other people like, oh yeah, that person's great if they're working with another great talent. And it's, it is frustrating because you just clearly go, and I know that some showrunners are liked because they get shows done on budget. They get things done on time. They get things do, and studios will make this decision. Will be like, well, what about so-and-so? Like, Always on budget, always on time, has had some good hits. It could really work here. And it's like, well, it didn't. So, 
Um, I think maybe they'll start to get aware of that. But for the back of the question, will they be doing like big, but big, huge stuff? You know, the the giant in the room that we're talking about before is Apple. Apple, Apple has Apple can Apple was able to spin up an entire electric car company internally and spend billions of dollars on it and never have it officially be announced or anybody know that it was a thing and then shut it down and it never affected their bottom line. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they can be there. There's going to be like Netflix is in a different situation. Cause like the fact that, you know, he talked about the thing, stock, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, it was always weird that you put Netflix in there because Netflix is like, we can, there's only X number of people on the planet that can pay 20 bucks a month for a subscription to something. And they quickly reach that. And it's like, where are you going to go now? Where is yeah. your growth going to go now? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, what does Hollywood look like? I mean, because if, if there's one thing that seems like it is phasing out is the idea of super exclusive walled gardens where nothing is ever going to make it across. And uh, you are you are starting to see licensing, which is something that happened all the time, you know, in in, in an era in the monoculture days. Uh, uh, yeah, before we were studios would like, all right, well, if we're not going to put it on our thing, then we'll sell it to you, so you can put it on new thing, your thing, if you really like it. At least we'll be able to make X amount of money on it. Um, and especially now that we've gone, you know, ten years, ten plus years of people making siloed content, now it's novel. It's novel to see insecure. Uh, on uh, uh, Netflix. Netflix, right? You know, and I think we'll probably see, you know, there'll probably be a big moment when like The Sopranos or something like that is 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 there a, a title that's been around for a while that anybody's wanted to watch, can still watch on HBO, but uh, there'll be some kind of way that everybody can sort of trade money there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be very curious. I, w- I wonder if, if, uh, if TV or film production will get cheap enough that uh the the structure and the system we have now for distributing video streaming video uh turns more into a music industry style system where uh you have to be on all of the platforms because it doesn't cost you that much to be everywhere and people are people have their platform they you're a spotify person or you're an apple music person the thing that's keeping that down is presumably uh, you know, publisher and studio investment, right? They have to, they got to make their money back because it's super expensive. But at some point, that cost is going to come down. Well, but but, but I uh, could, uh, could uh, maybe. Yeah, I, know, no, I, I, I would say exclusivity of platform is built into the model of television and movies. Like that I, is, I think it'll be, be use Apple as an example because you're not going to see Apple shows, Apple originals show up anywhere else. Because they want you to go to the Apple ecosystem to get it. And by the way, the the Formula One movie you talked about. Do you know who's directing this? Uh, Neil Jer- Blomkamp, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. No, no, directing Joseph Kaczynski. Oh, sorry, I was and thinking of the, the same team that made Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, right. And yeah. so they that Apple can say, "Hey, Mavericks, what's what's a you know?" There's Tim Cook's like, "Hey, what what's a big movie that people like?" Top Gun Maverick. Oh. Let's get those guys to make a thing. Well, you know, that's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars. We'll spend billions. No, hundreds of millions. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I think that's this, this scale that they're at. They literally hired the team that they talked to Maverick and Brad Pitt to say, make an Apple original for us. And so that is just such a weird yeah. game changer. No, they are, you know? they are, they are a, a, a you know, uh, uh, they've, they have landed into this uh, and, and as it is now, 
it seems as if Apple's expenditures into the world of Hollywood are largely to draw people to the idea of buying Apple uh, products. Not that they need the biggest help there, but also uh, so Tim Cook can go to the Emmys and the Oscars. Yeah, well, they're they are doing, uh, and, uh, and Bryce, you're right. Like Bruckheimer's producing it, but like, yeah, Krasinski is directing it, and the deal calls for a wide theatrical release with a meaningful window, and will have the creative team paid three ways: their upfront, upfront fees, hefty buyout fees, and a theatrical back end. And they're going to do a run of at least thirty days in the theaters, and could will go as high as sixty plus. It's going to be there before going to Apple TV. So they're trying a very interesting model, but when you get Apple in the game, does that mean Google? Does that mean Microsoft? Do these other systems, you know, is are you going to see Microsoft, the Xbox platform? Is Xbox going to try to produce IP that's, you know, mm. I don't know. I just think well, that, that I think that we have to start to think the game's going to get very weird. Well, and I think if we talk about that of of others following suit, right? You can look at, say, iTunes and the, the Apple Music, the iTunes Music Store, and how that ended up getting. Uh, Google had a, has had multiple music services, right? Uh, the uh, uh, any no, it, 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 uh, there was a service element there to, that that you could copy rather easily, partly because music was easier. But with, I mean, this goes back to to what you were saying, Justin. There there is a bit of of platform uh dependency with with film and tv still yeah i i think and and whenever you've tried to whenever you've tried that in music it hasn't really worked you know like title had exclusive uh, uh artists and then that was that was something that that didn't work in a way that you know music consumers demand that they be able to buy whatever they want largely wherever they want and with few exceptions like maybe Back in the day, like a Best Buy or a Walmart might have an exclusive version of an album that has an extra song or something like that, right. or, or or a different album cover. Um, you've never really seen platform exclusivity in any way, you know, with with music. It, wherein, you know, with movies, there's exhibitionists, you know, so you you have your your movie houses that are going to show it. Like that's a huge part of the the economics that are there. And obviously television, you had television stations that, you know, unless it went into syndication, uh, Seinfeld lived on NBC. It wasn't going to also air in, in, in other places. Now, part of that is because of uh, physical, you know, demands or, or physical limitations on those platforms. But, you know, I, uh, uh, unless there was a gigantic sea change, it would be it'd be interesting but then again i mean like we're gonna see a bunch of stuff happen you know whether or not apple I, buys anybody like the, some of these places are just going to shut down i think or merge with 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 other with other streaming services here here's my predict like i said before like i'm skeptical that apple's going to try to buy a studio because like i said apple a studio is basically a bank that makes bets and i don't know that the studios are really particularly good on that apple by going directly to you know, like Apex, well, we're going to go to Bruckenheimer, or we're going to go directly to the team that made this thing. And that shows you that they have the capability to make those deals. So why, why buy a studio? You know, maybe for content libraries and stuff, but if it's, we'll see. That being said, here's, here's the future. Like, so Google shut down YouTube originals, right? And YouTube originals, by the way, gave us shows like, you know, Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. Yeah. 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 Which became, you know, phenomenally successful on Netflix. 
I don't think Google is done. I do think we will probably see some form of Google streaming service, but it can't be the YouTube brand because the YouTube brand is we want, you know, people expect free. I think they could come up with their own standalone Google platform. And I think Facebook may do the same too. Because these companies, you know, Google's uh, trillion dollar plus company, Facebook's not anymore, but Facebook's, you know, $750 billion valuation. They've got money, they sell ads. I think that anytime they look at where eyeballs are going somewhere else, I can see that them wanting to offer that. We've seen the rise now of uh, the free, you know, ad supported, you know, uh, free uh, fast ad supported TV streaming. Fast. Yeah. 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 Free ad supported streaming television. We've seen that become bigger. I think that's going to become kind of an even more of a thing. So I, I'm curious. My point of system saying is I'm very curious about the people with the deepest pockets coming in here and doing that. And Disney does not have deep pockets. Disney does not have deep pockets. No. Netflix doesn't really have deep pockets anymore. Though that what what you're describing was how Netflix got it got started into originals. That was how House of Cards happened. They said we have all this data. Mm-hmm. We know if we do the show with these with all of these actors and we get David Fincher, uh, people will watch it, and uh, it worked. Well, and, they uh, spent what, and, all the money to get all those people. And granted, it was early. That was before they really solidified the original thing. But this is the similar type of play that you're talking but, about. But, but also, well, this is this is the part that many people do not remember is the part of the reason that they invested so heavily, they bet so hard on originals, was because they were uh, dangerously close to becoming addicted to Stars content. Because Stars was the library that they had licensed at the mm-hmm. time. That was their hedge, and they spent hundreds of millions of dollars in order to break their addiction to other to licensing well, stuff yeah. from other people yeah because they knew the next term for the re the re-up with stars was going to be super expensive and that's when they looked at to like like you said the venture stuff then they made the deal with marvel mcu stuff difference here being is that um the net one the problem the netflix model made remember they started to try to do their own tenfold movies remember bright and some of these other ones which were clearly they were spending you know doing what brian said make a bunch of smaller bets they tried to make these big, huge bets. They go spend, you look at like the big Netflix movies they did. And one, they were buying stuff before, they were buying stuff with talent, you know, named actors, but it was just crap. It was just yeah. stuff that was going to bomb at the box office. And I don't know how much they thought through that. And then they would they would pay to do their own stuff. Like Bright was going to be this big franchise. Bruce was to be well into the Bright series. Nobody remembers it now. And it was the little things like Stranger Things, you know, things like that, that all of a sudden become big hits, Squid Game, stuff like that. So their ability to predict stuff isn't very good. I don't know how good internally they are going, yeah, we effed up here because they keep telling you, oh, yeah, no, this was a hit. This was great. It's like, we know it's not true. Do you know, have you convinced yourselves that it wasn't true? But that, that would say, here's, here's a big factor is Apple doesn't make its, Apple makes its revenue from selling you devices, and then it would like to do a subscription business on top of it. And it has that money, that extra source of money coming in that it can support to justify that subscription service. Google could be in that place. Facebook could be in that place. And so it's a different game than Netflix, where Netflix was, we've got to have this content pipeline. We've got to have this or we're doomed, where they can take, they can take their time. They can make their bets. Yeah. Brian, we'll see. Because well, I think both, you, you, you've made a really, really good point in that Facebook and Google are ad sales company. Uh, companies, I think it is kind of surprising now that now that uh, we've kind of walked down this road for a little bit that they have not tried to get into fast. Um, yeah, because you'd think the company that sells YouTube ads would also like to sell 
you know, like, yeah, I, I, I think that would be, I think that could be, I think they need to do it as a separate brand while they realize that or not. Uh, somebody talked about how the content on Streamberry being better. My problem with the content on Streamberry is that it takes, it squeezes 20 minutes of plot into an hour and everything you need to know in the first eight minutes has been told you how it's going to end. That's my problem with Streamberry. Although, you know, Jonah's Awful is a fine show. Uh, uh, apparently Facebook, uh, just shut down their originals program, uh, back in April. So yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it might be a minute before they get back into it unless well, they do but, a Pluto style, unless they do like a Pluto style licensing fast thing, which yeah, I could see when, them do. When they shut a thing down, it's not that they go, oh, there's no money here. They go, this team, this division is not this doing team what is we want Stinko to do. Malinko. Get him out. Oh, and it's real. often there is a other thing that they're going to do, and they shut down that thing to do that, and not like they're going to maybe I don't know. I'm not no insight, but sometimes like yeah, they shut that down because they ah they knew a year before that wasn't going the direction, and then they're like, let's do anything. I totally I totally see them doing some sort of fast. Here's here's the argument public. against it though, man. Google and Facebook or Meta not exactly great at building totally new products and have a history of uh, at least Google does of, of, of having people not want to invest in it because they think they're going to pull the plug within a year and a half. That's the advantage is if they do a fast service, what you do is you sit your team down, have them watch Pluto, have them watch one of the other services and say, go build that and then be like, okay. And then what can, what can we license for $200 million? Yeah. And then you do it and then you have a new thing. And then, and then you, if they're smart, they like what they did with threads, it wasn't Facebook threads or meta threads. It wasn't Instagram threads. They took this brand that people still like and do that. So, uh, I think that the hard part for them is they do not want to pay for content. They absolutely, they're used to getting content for free. Google might be better. And if they start to look at it, like, well, don't look at it like we're paying for content just take it out of our ad budget or something. So that'll be the big thing is, is will they want to pay for content? They historically don't want to. Hey, uh, uh, I've got 20 minutes of homework to do. Uh, so, so I'll make a quick pick. Um, rewatching boy, introducing my teenage daughters to righteous gemstones has been such a joy and going back and rewatching those first two seasons with the knowledge of everything that happens in season three. Um, it's uh, not just a great show, maybe the best show. I, I just, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's so good. Brian, here's the thing. I can't argue with a single thing you said. <laughs> did you? Did either of you guys watch Vice Principals? Because I, I still have not watched Vice Principals. I watched the first season. It's good. Uh, I haven't watched that second season. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in I, with that. I, I'm watching Detroiters now. Uh, that's already That's great. my pick. <laughs> Devereaux Wiggs. Uh, Definitely not made with human hair. <laughs> yeah, I did not watch. Uh, I, Vice Principles I couldn't get into because they were like, weren't likable. Yeah. Where Eastbound and Down was, yeah, like I got into that, watched that, and was able to enjoy that. I thought they're man, they're they're just too petty, too mean. Where Jim Stone's like, I would like to spend time with this family. I might want to go to this church and actually watch, you know, yeah. a performance there. And the way they built that world up, you go, wow, this is actually I get the appeal of the world. And it was it was done. Man, like McBride and his uh producing partners like Jody Hill. They built yeah. the 
Yeah, they did it in a way that like, because I describe it to people like, it does not make fun of faith. It does not make fun of faith. And you think even though I'm a non-believer, I might be all, I'm like, no, I don't, I, I think you have to recognize what it brings to people and why people like it. It makes fun of hypocrisy. You know, it makes fun of that. And I think that that makes it such a great show. I mean, that's the thing is like, like even as a, a satire of, of prosperity gospel, it you kind of, you like the family, <laughs> you want the family. Yeah. You, you always, well, and, the, the, and you the, believe that they believe. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, beyond yeah. the personal belief in, in, in a higher power, I, I think there's also this idea that like, we don't want the church to get robbed, even though it's this gigantic yeah. turbine of money. Like, uh, uh, and they don't hide anything. They actually make a complicated story using things in our real world that doesn't make it very boring by taking a loud stand during the plot and have the characters look directly into the camera and tell you how to think. Exactly like that. You got it. <laughs> there you go. Point. Yeah, you got the oh, point. And the elixirs. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Detroiters. If you love, uh, <laughs> I think you should leave. Uh, uh, watch Detroiters. Good God, uh, yeah, so funny. I, I gotta say that. Yeah, Brian's point. Uh, Walter Goggins. Well, um, yeah, de- yeah. Walter deserves. I don't know if he's got an Emmy yet or whatever, but he deserves everything for it because Baby Billy could very <laughs> easily be a Saturday Night Live cartoon sketch it could very easily be that but the way he does this guy you absolutely believe it believe it and then the elixir it's just, it's, it's just. also bj stepping up this most recently oh my god bj's bj's grown on me he's just he is yeah he's a very well written very just the, 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 end, the end of last the end of last season when they have the big moment of revelation for the larger plot be revealed with BJ on rollerblades <laughs> kneeling behind various things. And the physical comedy on that show is just second to none. It's so good. Yeah. I have to uh, check out the Detroiters. Oh yeah, no. Detroiters is I'll second it. I, I'm only one episode in, but I fell in love instantly. Uh, worth it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just it's 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 magic. And considering where Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson have have kind of gone in their careers, you can just watch them be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a uh, a quick pick for you. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, they made a they made a city building game on on uh, the mobile a while ago. Uh, called Pocket City, and it was cool because you just paid like five or six bucks, and uh, then you just had the game. There wasn't like a bunch of timers and um, microtransactions and stuff. Uh, and so they just put out a sequel, Pocket City 2, uh, a few months ago. Uh, this one is interesting because it is uh, it's in 3D, um, and so it has this like free roam element to it where you can just take your little guy and put it on the road, and you can walk around your city, and they populate it with pedestrians and little things to do. Um, it's pretty neat for, for a city management game. That's not uh, designed to just get as much money out of you as possible. Uh, pocket city too. Pretty good. Excellent. Um, I played around with it so far. I don't have a lot of things to tell you early on when I just dropped my 13 steps to mentalism, the current book, but that's fine. <laughs> there. Um, I wonder if it's I, all uh, that coming. Been, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Page 22, chapter, the prophecy. I got the I, was, I got the Amazon scribe, and uh, what I did was 
Amazon is a pretty good trading deal if you have like a lot of older like devices sitting around. Like I've got a stack of like Kindle stuff up there. So I was able to turn an old one in. I never used it. I got 20 bucks plus 20% off. And I was able to use that with one of their early Prime Day specials. I had the Remarkable tablet before. I had the Remar I was not happy with the Remarkable tablet. It just, I just wasn't because also it's like, man, I can write on it. What else can you do? You can write on it. So cool. And where the scribe is a similar thing, but I can read books on it and I can take a book and I can highlight it. I can make notes in books. And when you, what it does a really cool thing is like when you make notes in a book, um, oh, it's actually worked. I, I can send things from Blinkist to here, which is really awesome. Oh. Is when you make a note in a book, it will give you a basically a summary of that that'll email you this whole here's called your clippings. And so it's like everything I highlighted is here and then it'll email it to you and it will email it to you also a CSV file. Oh, nice. So if you want to put that into something else like Obsidian or something else like that, super cool. So like using that with Blinkist is great because like you can actually send your blinks to there. So it'll send, you know, uh, the thing I read if I want to follow up. So here are the blinks on, you know, James Glyke's book on time travel. So anyhow, um, I've been enjoying it. It's, it's, if you want to get it, I recommend like, yeah, just use, take advantage of their trade-in deal or whatever, wait for a deal on it. The writing on it's really nice. And I've been using it for journaling, you know, I've, yes, I'm trying to journal now. So. Nice. Have, have you found it to be a good journaling thing? Have you, has, has yeah. it aided you in doing it? Yes, because it's a dedicated device. And like, I, 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 I I'm skeptical of the value of like dream journaling, but I'm going to try it. It's the spirit of open-mindedness, but also just regular journaling what I do each day. And I am like, after I finish this podcast, I'm going to sit down for a few minutes. And I'm going to write down what I did up until now. And because my goal is trying to improve my personal autobiographical memory. And it is amazing the number of things that come back to you when you sit down to write it. Who would know? Mm. Nice. Uh, very cool. Uh, the, the, uh, is it is it a Kindle? Is is it still yep. just a Kindle? Kindle Scribe. Okay. Kindle Scribe. Yeah. There you go. Check it out. Cool. All right, gentlemen. It's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>